welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by a very special guest, goaltender from the St. Lawrence women's hockey team, Lucy Morgan, joins the show today. Lucy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How's everything going? Good. Thank you for having me. How's it going for you? I'm doing well. It's obviously uh, tournament time in college hockey, so it doesn't get any better than that. And obviously the playoff push for the NHL. So hockey-wise, things are going well for myself and obviously just trying to hang in there with the school stuff as well. Yep. That's awesome. Thank you. Now, how's everything going for yourself off the ice or on the ice as well? Like, what have you been up to lately? Um, lately, we've been, as a team, we've been focusing on strength building with our strength and conditioning coach. We're lifting three times a week, and then we're on the ice twice a week. And on the ice, we're doing a bunch of skill sessions, so it's not necessarily full team practice. We're, like, split into stations and groups. Yeah, that's awesome. And what's your, like, I guess, like, um, is that, is that, is that, does your team ever go on the ice during, like, this time, or is it mostly just, like, um, in the gym, just working out pretty much? Um, we, everyone, all the returners do come on the ice twice a week. So there's that aspect. But then if you want to do it, I'm sure the ice is available. That's good. That's good. Now, um, what are your off-season plans? What do you hope to work on? And do you have anything interesting planned, I guess, whether it's on or off the ice? Um, my off-season plans are basically just getting um, my nagging injury away. Throughout the season, I had, like, uh, a knee issue, but it didn't affect me on the ice. It's more just off the ice with uh, certain lifts I can't do. So I want to be able to do everything that uh, our strength coach wants us to do and then something exciting that I'm doing in the off season is I'm going to stay abroad to London with three other of my teammates so that's nice that's really cool. it's, only, it's only three weeks but it's definitely going to be a fun experience just okay. because we, we've all never been overseas and especially as an athlete at this level you don't really have the freedom to do so nice what are you studying up in London um, it's about, uh, the, sorry, I'm blanking. It's like architecture of London and how, it, how like the psychological effects of the architecture. That's awesome. Well, I hope you have a great experience down there and do some fun stuff as well. Don't study, don't try not to study too hard, try to have some yeah. fun as well, but yeah, that's awesome. And for the knee injury, I'm just curious, like, what are you, what are your plans to kind of get rid of that nagging knee injury? Is it just rest or is there any like, um, um, thing that you yeah. have to do to kind of get rid of it yeah it was just rest really um some strengthening exercises of course but just regulating the inflammation so it doesn't get to the point where it's past my return and just keeping my full mobility that's good well i hope that works out for you i know it will work out for you so hopefully you have a great off season but now it's kind of transition and talk about the beginning of your hockey career so you're obviously from Mandan, North Dakota. So talk about yeah. growing up there and how did you start playing hockey? Um, Mandan, North Dakota is my hometown. I love being from there. Um, it's definitely a crazy journey coming from North Dakota. So in North Dakota, obviously you hear about like UND and like how great that hockey program is. But when you get to the actual high schools, the actual sports that kids play, it's not, hockey is not that popular, um, especially on the female side. So 
growing up in North Dakota, um, you definitely have to like play with the boys and you're mixed in with the girls. Um, then around my, like, want to say early middle school days, that's when I started playing with the girls. So and then I moved away after my sophomore year. And playing in North Dakota, one thing it's taught me is like very like, grit, determination, and hard work. Because to make it from there, you're going to have to be better than the best people. Because the best people in North Dakota maybe are not the best people outside of North Dakota, if that makes sense. And one thing uniquely it's taught me is I had to coach myself. Because as a goaltender, there's no other goalie coaches in the area. So I had to understand the game from a different perspective and try to better myself through my coaching myself and using YouTube videos and just trying to articulate what the best do so then I can try to be one of them. Yeah, no, and obviously, you know, like, how did you, like, find teams to play for and stuff like that as a girls hockey player? Because just hearing your story a little bit now, it seems like it was probably a difficult process. Um, yeah, I, there was a, the program that I was from is just the Mandan local area. It's just that sometimes with number issues, for example, um, in high school, we had middle schoolers on our team. Um, now it's gotten better where I'm from. So the program right now is actually on the, upside but for example uh, teams like Devils Lake they are Detroit Lake they might not have a team in the next 10 years if they don't have enough numbers because I think they filled when I was playing against them they filled it with like half middle schoolers and the other half high schoolers and it's just you know it's a thin number issue but then some schools or some areas in North Dakota are more populated than the others so then they have a lot of numbers, but then some teams, you know, like I said, are filled with middle schoolers. So it's definitely interesting and it's growing. So that's that's a, a upside of it. And then you obviously went to Minnesota and played for Maple Grove High School. How did you get the opportunity to go up to Minnesota and play for that school? What was that like? Uh, that was awesome. Um, so my father is a pharmaceutical rep and he expanded his territory to Minnesota. So then we moved to there and I was able to play in Minnesota. That was like the first real test I got to see if I was just a good goalie out of North Dakota or as if I was actually a good goalie. And that was very crucial to my understanding. And another uh, crucial thing that happened there was I got uh, to practice with some goalie coaches and um, I still talk to them to this day, and I still go there once in a while just to train with them because they're the best coaches that I've ever had. Now I'm curious, what made you kind of want to become a goalie? Because that's not like a position that people like, yeah. are, I guess, like thinking of dreaming about playing, I guess. Yeah. So um, it's kind of back to my man man days. So, you know, at the time when I played for Mandan, we were probably one of the worst teams in the state. And I was a player as well. So I was player and goalie. And I was 
I was a pretty good player, I would say. Um, so going into net, I'm like, no, I don't want to go in the net. I want to stay at what I'm good at. But when I was in the net, it was a closer game. So I'm like, and I really liked how I, I got to control the game more myself because I was very competitive, whereas my peers and Mandan probably just played it for fun, which is totally fine. But I was just so extremely competitive that I just wanted to win. Um, so the best chance I ha had to win was if I was in net. And who was like your favorite goalie growing up? Was it someone in the NHL or was it a women's player yeah. on the team? It was an NHL goalie. So when I was growing up, the LA Kings were really kind of the underdog gritty team. And Jonathan Quick was um, just so athletic. You not you haven't seen any style of goaltending like his. So I always looked up to him, especially when his in his prime he took his team from the eighth seed to win the Stanley Cup. It was the first time the team has ever done that. And I thought that was very inspiring. Now talk a little bit more about your high school hockey experience with Maple Grove and what did you take away from it? And like, how did you feel like it helped prepare you for college hockey with St. Lawrence? Um, the experience was great. Um, it really helped me because every, every game you play in Minnesota, it, it's against best, meaning like D1 and D3 commits. Whereas in North Dakota, there's not many people that go to uh, make it to that next level. So I was able to play against the people that I aspired to be, which is a, a Division One athlete. And who are some of the players that you got to play with at Maple Grove that went on to play college hockey as well? Oh, a, a lot of them. Um, I I don't want to I don't want to like forget their names, but there is probably like eight. I would oh wow. say. That's cool. And what's, what's like your favorite memory uh, you have with Maple Grove when you think about it today? Um, probably uh, my relationship with the head coach at the time. And like I said, the goalie coaches was like such a cool experience because I finally got to view goaltending outside of my own perspective. Because what I said before, I had to coach myself through videos and stuff so then now I got to be able to like hear an outside perspective on the position um that yeah you can go sorry no go ahead sorry um and then we won sections that was pretty that's awesome yeah talk about winning that championship and what it meant for you um Sorry, it was a long time ago, so I'm I'm blanking. But it was it was fun, like uh, winning sections. Yeah, uh, it I don't know what it meant for me at the time, but it was. I just remember just being happy. Now talk about what it's like playing in the Minnesota high school hockey scene, and because it's really popular over there, just from my perspective, seeing all the YouTube clips. But what's it like being a player in that scene, and just. Uh, playing in those big games with those big student sections and just how much it means to the people of Minnesota? Um, it was awesome just because I had such a unique perspective because I got to experience what it was outside the state. You know what I mean? So I got to really experience both sides. So the biggest surprise was how many teams 
they were so close together within like a 30-mile radius that had that many D1 commits. And everyone pl played or played plays hockey there. So um, just the passionate fan groups and there's so many rinks that you can train at. There's everywhere you go, left or right, there's somebody training on the ice. Whereas in North Dakota, it was hard to get ice during the off season sometimes. Now talk a little bit about your recruiting process with St. Lawrence. How did that work out for yourself? Just because uh, someone told me that you had to try out for the team originally. Yeah, so that's a really, really crazy story. So um, I have to I have to start the story by saying um, at the time when I was an upperclassman in high school, so junior senior, um, they started recruiting always or just in general, they started recruiting people when they're in eighth, ninth, or tenth grade. They did really stopped recruiting them in twelfth graders. So at the time when they were recruiting those ages, I was in North Dakota. So I was in North Dakota by eighth, ninth, and tenth grade. So they didn't, had no idea who I was. Then when I went to Minnesota, I was like, okay, I'm sticking out in Minnesota. I should be getting some home goals pretty soon. But no one came because all the spots were taken. And that was so frustrating um, because I was so close of going to to D3 because of that reason. Um, I still look back to this day. And so there is a team that was going to let me walk on, but then they kind of, before my last three games of my high school career, they ghosted me. And, and then after then, they were able to contact me and was like, hey, by the way, we brought in a different goalie. And that really, that really was like an all-time old because not only did my high school career and I had no plans out after now because I'm not committed anymore. So that was that was a roller coaster, and I just remember how how angry I was, and my dad really helped me get through that and. He sent out some emails for me, which I have been doing. I was sending out emails the whole time, but I was getting ignored, ignored. And we sent out a mass email to everyone. And St. Lawrence was the only, uh, one of the only colleges to respond. And the only reason why they responded was because they lost first round to Princeton. Um, so my coach always brings it up, like, hey, if it, we would have won, the Princeton uh, series in 2019, I don't know if he would be here type, type of thing. And he opened up the email and he's like, hey, you could use another goalie for like a third string goalie or something like that. But he graduated two goalies, two senior goalies, and they were they were both starters. He's like, but the, so they graduated them and then I came in. And he's like, you know what, the starting spot is wide open. We're going to rotate three goalies to start off the year with. So it was me, my goalie partner, Whitey, and my other goalie partner, Rangeville, that we started rotating my freshman year just to see who, who uh, will fill the position. And thankfully, 
I was able to um, do that. But it was just crazy because my coach and I still talk about to this day because he's like, yeah. Um, so as you know, women's hockey is pretty of a small community, small community. And he was telling me how these bottom division, like he was just asking his peers, like, hey, what do you think of this goalie? Um, like other coaches on other teams. And there's like these bottom, um, in terms of com uh, compete wise on standings, these bottom division one teams are like, yeah, I don't think that goalie will be any good and stuff like that. And I think he'll be a, like a good third or fourth string goalie. And now like just to be able to play against them and just show them that how wrong they were is will always be, like have a special place in my heart because I'm always so grateful for my opportunity to play division one. And you see like, some people that come into division one and be like oh yeah like i got 13 offers you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it's just a different mindset that i have compared to those people yeah that's awesome and that's like, awesome. i have a question like did you like walk on like you were a walk-on for st lawrence like they just uh, yeah. so in terms of scholarship wise i wasn't a walk-on um mm -hmm. so it was if you know my coach you know he's like really spontaneous and um definitely like um yeah i guess spontaneous would be a good word to describe him and he's like i'll offer you 75 percent right away and then he'll and then he just sent me a full ride scholarship he's like oh by the way i found some money so i i i was a, i committed a month and a half before i graduated high school so I was basically a walk-on, but not in terms of financially. That's good. Well, that's good that you found that opportunity. It's cool that you get to prove all those people wrong. Yeah, it, it was like, like really, that. really frustrating at the time because playing in Minnesota, I knew I could be the a top goalie in terms of recruitment-wise. Just no one was believing in me. And there's coaches out there that was like, I don't think she'll be a good goalie at the division one division one level and that really aggravated me and i think like I, it's still i still you can still see that today because i take uh, this opportunity so i'm so grateful for this opportunity because of that now when you got to college what was like the biggest adjustment you had to make uh i don't know too much about goaltending like techniques so i'm just curious yeah. what was like an adjustment you had to make um in terms of technique wise, I would say the biggest adjustment I had to make was narrowing my stance. So, and there's three different versions of a stance. There's narrow, wide, and normal. And they're all used different in different areas. But when I started off, I just had a normal to wide stance, which limited my power in pushing. So that was a big adjustment I made. And then another one, that took me back was how demanding the schedule is. You know, it's not high school hockey where you practice and you go to school, you practice, go to school. Like you are at the rink for five to six hours. I mean, practice is still probably the same amount of length, but time like you're stretching, cooling down, lift, video, stuff like that just blew me away how much time you end up spending at the rink. And obviously, um, you probably, I'm curious, as, I always like to ask always this, but like, 
how do you like learn how to play the puck in college? Because every time there's some goalies who I watch play the puck and I always get nervous just because I don't know like why they'll go out of the crease and like, uh, when, like, when do you know, like when to play the puck is my kind of question. So I am one of those goaltenders that um, doesn't play the puck that much. Um, I, I know I need to get better at it, but I just, I keep it simple. I just stop hitting them from the offense for my defense. At the beginning of the year, I wanted to work it in, but um, my coach just said, you know what, um, let's just have you stop the puck uh, up behind the net for now and just have the defense pick it up. So, That's awesome. But I moving into next year, I definitely want to make some changes to that. Will you be aggressive, like if the pucks, if there's like an icing call and you, you're done, oh, like, you go out and just like dump it, like try to get to one of your teammates, like to like when you see the other team like doing a line change or something like I that. Mean, there's a couple times where, uh, where I see the other team doing a bad line change, and I always like, I try to go for it, but it's such a it's such a particular instance that it's it's a split game decision. And it only works if the bench is on the other side and your teammates are not changing as well because then it brings the momentum. Yeah. yeah. Now you got your first ever start against Ohio State. Talk about yeah. that game. What, you, what emotions were you feeling? And it seemed like you played very well against it, even though your team lost. But I guess yeah. that's a lot of goalies can't beat Ohio State clearly yet because they yeah. won the championship. So nothing that you can't like be upset about, I guess. Yeah, um, so that was so cool because I honestly, I just expected to sit the bench my freshman year. Like I said, no one really believed me. Then when I heard he was rotating three goalies to begin the year, I was like jaw on the floor. I was like, oh my God, I might actually get to play. And let alone a top 10 team. That was so exciting. Um, that game, I remember it so clearly because it's your first game you always remember your first game and i i mean i played good i remember that it's just it was heartbreaking because we were up by a goal i would think it was two to one us last minute of the game they pull their goalie and then they score with an extra attacker so then they tie it up and then there's 30 seconds left the next face off they win it clean um, they come down, and it was like a, I think it was two on one. But all I remember is there was someone back door. They got the pass off back door, and they scored. So they scored like two goals in thirty seconds, and they won three to two in regulation. But we almost won that game. Hopefully, I'll be able to play them again. Oh yeah, you definitely want to try to. I I want my national championship winners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now talk a little bit about more about your freshman year. You played in 29 games. Like, what did you take away from that season? Uh, and how would you evaluate your performance uh, your first year? Um, I was, you know, I was just happy to play. Um, so just being happy to play. But at the end of the day, I could have done a lot better than I did. But I was so, I wouldn't say satisfied, but I was just so grateful I was playing that I didn't focus on the technique side and the routine side of the game. So that that was there. Um, but it was really a wake-up call to, you need to have a good routine in college in order to be successful on the last stretch of the season. So moving forward into my 
previous year and this year, I really every each year I get my routine a lot better. Like I, this year, I averaged ten hours of sleep. That's pretty hard to do. Um, and just waking up and going to bed at the, around the same same time, staying on top of schoolwork so you don't have to stress out because say if I have an exam Friday and I'm stressing about that exam, I'm probably not gonna play good Friday night. You know, I didn't I didn't realize those things until it was too late. So that was probably my biggest takeaway. Now, obviously, your sophomore year, your, your team, like many others, had to deal with a lot of challenges because of COVID. So um, how did you and your teammate, teammates handle those challenges with the weird schedule, only playing three other teams and not playing in front of any fans? Yeah. Um, so that was the most, honestly, the, the hardest adjustment was my coach decided to not uh, have the team come back until spring semester. So we didn't step on campus till January 1st. And that is just so crazy when you think about it because we have the only games you play is like January and February and then March if you make it that far. So adjusting to that was definitely tough because, and it was also tough because we had a lot of new girls. So the whole team dynamic changed because the leaders from my freshman year and the whole senior class was gone. So having a leadership change, a team dynamic change, and then not being able to bond or spend time with each other for the first half of the season because we were still at home, that was definitely a tough. Um, but at the end of the day, we had a lot of fun towards the end, especially because, I mean, what would you ex like the first the first games were rough because we only had I think the first game we played or the first series we played we only had four, four full team practices in and we're going against a team that was practicing all last semester and we only I think we took them to overtime I think it was against Colgate and we took them to overtime both times and they're ranked in the top five I'm pretty sure and we're like wait a second we're actually pretty good right now because we only had four, 14 practices in order to do that against such a top team like Colgate. That was definitely a surprise, I would say. Now, obviously, you made it to the ECAC championship game that season, but unfortunately lost to Colgate. Um, talk yeah. about that playoff run that your team had and um, what emotions, I guess, were you feeling after only being one game short of making it to the national tournament? Yeah. Um, it's it's one of those weird things because when you say it like that, it should it should leave a sting. It, it should be still mad about it. But we're we we only knew each other for a month and a half. So imagine you know you know what hockey seems like. It's a long season, and to only know each other for a month and a half, I still barely knew the freshmen. So it was definitely a heartbreaker. Like I was definitely sad about it, but. At the end of the day, it just didn't feel like a championship game because we barely knew each other. It just felt like, oh, this season's gonna be over already, like type of thing. We just started, so um, that just helped us take in a lot of positivity more so because we're like, okay, we're a good team. Like we beat Clarkson four times in a row. 
and stuff like that. So we knew that we had a, a, a lot of potential moving forward. Now, can I ask you one question about that playoffs? Did the puck hit the roof um, against Clarkson in that overtime, or did it not? So I didn't. I personally didn't see it. I'm on the other end, so like it's kind of mm-hmm. hard. Um, I have. Uh, I heard there's like different opinions, but someone that was right there said it didn't. So. All right. Well, that would yeah. be definitely. But a I mean, at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> We did. We did end up beating them four times in a row. So mm-hmm. that was that was probably one of my best memories here at St. Lawrence. Just not only beating a team four times in a row, but beating your rival four times in a row and yeah. kicking off the top ten was pretty awesome. Now, talk about this past season. You obviously lost some players due to the Olympics. So. Um, how would you evaluate your team's performance this past year during the regular season without some of those players? Because it seemed like your team played well enough, obviously, to get in the playoffs. But unfortunately, there were some wins that you you think you could have had back or would have yeah. liked back, I guess. Or losses yeah. that you would have liked to, I guess, be wins, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, it really um, was difficult at the beginning of the year without our Olympians because they were our people that produced um, goals so if you look at our first half of the season or just our season in general I mean we're it was every game we played was a one goal game whether it was against Syracuse um Duluth was Colgate like so there's there's like a very um it was a very frustrating season because we were right there every game. We just needed one goal. So, but going into the season, it was definitely like we could be one of the top teams in the ECAC or just a team, not necessarily top team, but a team that people can't sleep on because we do have a lot of up and coming talent. And next year, um, our core is going to be all upperclassmen. So that will be we'll get a lot more experience and we're just reflecting on the season. I think we were pretty inconsistent and the main reason why it was because my coach thinks one of the reasons was, is that how inexperienced we are, because if you think about it, the sophomores, current sophomores only got 13 games last year and they only got a month and a half a season. So it, that was their, the, you know what I mean? Like, you can't necessarily call yourself an experienced person when you've only played 13 games and was only a part of a season that lasted one and a half months. So now we got those people to get more experience. And moving into next year, I think we can be pretty dangerous, especially with our first line being able to produce probably every game. Yeah, and talk about what it was like going to D.C. I just want to ask that. How fun was – how cool was that Uh, there? That was really fun. Um, that was, I think, yeah, that was my first Division One tournament. Now that I think about it, so uh, and we got to play against some WCHA teams, and knowing that we could hold them to one goal games was definitely exciting. Um, we lost Duluth in overtime, and then Ohio. We were running that game until like the site, like halfway through the second period. And they took over and then we lost four to two, but that was a close game too. 
Now your team played against Yale in the ECAC playoffs this year. Talk about that series, what you took away from it, because obviously you gave Yale a good fight, bringing them the three games, but unfortunately Yale just found a way to win that series. But I feel like your team should feel pretty good about your performance of, the, of that series just because Yale made it all the way to the final, or the Frozen Four uh, this year. Yeah, Yale's definitely one of, uh, one of those teams that are really good, and I think what makes them so good is their coach and how good they play defensively. Uh, but evaluating our play in the playoffs was really good. Our first game was probably one of the best games I've ever seen our team play. Um, but it sucks because we didn't get the result we wanted. And personally, I didn't think I played the best I could. So moving forward, we knew we know that we're one of those teams that could have easily made it to the, at least the semis, maybe even championship for UCAC. So we know we have it in us. We just we just need to get uh, more consistent. And what are some of your goals, I guess, heading into your senior year? Is it to win that ECAC for the first time, or uh, do you have some other personal goals you want to achieve as well? Um, my my goals are just uh, to get better on some goalie stuff. You know, I don't know how to explain it in the words. Um, but as a team, I really think we're going to be a tight knit group next year, just because majority the big bulk of the class of my class and the other class below me is in total of i want to say 15 or 16 people could be wrong on that number um so that's the majority of the team so the majority of the team will know each other for at least three to two years and that will just produce a lot of um positive energy i think we'll all like each other for the like each other more because we're going to be closer and moving forward we know we have the talent on our team now to win those games that are winnable. And obviously what do you think was the biggest improvement you made to your game this year? This year? Um, probably okay. something that doesn't go that a lot of goalies don't talk about is you need chemistry with your defenseman and knowing what areas are covered and knowing when they might screen you accidentally um, is crucial. So our D zone was definitely uh, the first time I've ever seen a D zone set up like that. So what helped me was to understand how the system works so that I can understand what areas are being covered and what areas are not then that also dictates my decision making and how I what if I come out or if I stay back in the crease or if I what type of save selection I make to control the rebound and stuff like that so that was a big adjustment and uh another one is I think at the beginning of the season I really I maybe not statistically wise you couldn't see but I really felt I could have done a lot better and my angles could have been better. So that will probably, I mean, towards the end of the season, I got it down, but I want to start off next season um, sharp instead of slow like I did. And then last question about your St. Lawrence hockey experience is how would you evaluate your college hockey experience uh, so far? Oh, probably the best that I've ever could imagine. I mean, like I said, I was so close of going to D3 and just having this ability 
to play here is just, uh, I have no words to describe it. Um, especially with this team, it, we have so much fun together. I think that's, that's one of, especially the coach, he always wants us to have fun and we always have, we have a lot of fun here. I mean, we're goofing around all the time and stuff like that. Well, now we're now in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment, where I ask you some non-hockey questions to get to know you a little bit more off the ice. First one is, a lot of goalies have weird kind of quirks. What's your biggest, like, weirdest quirk you have as a goaltender? Um, okay. I'm definitely a weird goalie, don't get me wrong. But um, a weird um, – sometimes what uh, me and the goalies will, like, for so when the coach is instructing the drill me and the goalies will just like be goofing around so that's kind of a weird thing that we do like we like try to like shoot it into the other now on the other side and then if we make it we'll celebrate stuff like that um and then we'll like sing the whole practice together yeah and speaking of music what type of music do you like to listen to before a game or just on a general basis um, honestly, I just like all genres. Uh, before the game, I kind of like to listen to rock. Um, but I'm not a picky person when it comes to music. I can listen to classic music, today's music, you know, anything really flows. Now, if there was a movie made about your life, who would you want to play yourself? Um, I would pick Cassandra uh, uh, Bullock just because she can be a goofball, but also it can be serious when she needs to be. What is your biggest pet peeve? Um, my biggest pet peeve? In terms of hockey, I'm assuming? Uh, no, anything. Um, well, I'll just stick to hockey. My biggest pet peeve would be like, actually, wait, hold on a second. Oh, all the players taking the sock tape. <laughs> because I, I need the sock tape to tape my toe ties. So when I get to that stage of my, um, when I'm dressing, um, I can't move around to get the sock tape. And sometimes they take it from my stall. So I'm like, guys, I need the sock tape. Something yeah, that could be definitely frustrating. Yeah. So. Now, if speaking of your teammates, um, who is who has who's the funniest on the team in your opinion? Oh, um, there's we. The thing is, this group of girls is everyone's pretty funny because, like I said, we have a lot of fun together. Um, I would say top three. I'll do top three. Baller. Um. Um. Actually, uh, is another funny one. Um, Chrissy is pretty funny. Um, and probably like Whitey. Now, who has the best style on the team besides yourself? Just because I see those pads you rock with the St. Lawrence logo. That's definitely, oh, yeah. that's definitely tough to beat. But besides yourself, who has the best style on the team? In terms of like uh, pads? No, or just like off the ice style, like who has a good pregame outfit, I guess, when they walk oh, okay. into the rink. Okay, um, I would say baller. 
Now, last non-hockey question is, uh, what is the most interesting thing you've seen or read this week? Um, seen or read this week. I, uh, I actually um, don't though. Oh, okay. When UND got upset when I read about that, I really expected them to go farther than they did. Yeah, to be honest, I actually picked Notre Dame to make it all the way to the national championship game just oh, because uh, North Dakota didn't have Jake Sanderson. So I thought yeah. that was going to be a big loss for them. And plus, um, I just feel like North Dakota is kind of a team that can grind you out a little bit. Or North Notre Dame is kind of kind of team that matches up well with North yeah. Dakota because it can kind of grind you out a little bit. Plus, they have good goaltending, and they can find ways to score goals during clutch moments, as you saw with um, yeah. the overtime, goal, overtime winner goal that they saw. So that's why I had Notre Dame winning that game. Uh, yeah, I wasn't as surprised, but I definitely thought it was interesting. But it would have been interesting to see if Sanderson played, like how um, that game would have gone. Yeah, and another crazy upset that I just read today was um, St. Peter's. Oh, yeah, that was cool. I'm rooting for them now just because they may yeah. they're making all the way that far. So I think yeah. that would definitely. I hope they. Hopefully, they make the final four at least. I think that would be cool. Yeah, that will be. That will have a huge impact on that school. Now, back to some hockey questions now. First one is, uh, what advice would you give a younger player who's trying to pursue a college hockey career? I'm curious, just because you obviously had kind of an yeah. interesting experience. Um, this is a tough one, because if they're, like, hypothetically speaking, if they're from North Dakota, they're going to have a different approach than someone from Minnesota. So if you're, like, from North Dakota, I would say um, you're going to play with the boys in the off season if you really want to become uh, a D1 prospect. And through there, um, go to Minnesota for hockey tournaments during the offseason just to be seen. And then constantly be emailing coaches with highlight clips. That's the advice I would give. And obviously, what should be done to help grow women's hockey? Um, this is a tough one just because it's – such a, a, a smaller sport, but I would think definitely more media coverage. Like what you're doing is definitely helping out to female athletes a lot just because you don't have a platform to be seen usually. So having a, a good platform, I also think um, as a female coach myself, I think I'm inspiring a lot of female uh, players back in North Dakota because I am the first one coming from my hometown to go D1. So giving back to the community will also help the women's side grow. Now, do you have any shout outs you want to give to any of your teammates, family members, or friends before uh, this interview ends? Um, no, I don't. I, mean, I guess shout out to my coaches for giving me the opportunity here. Without them, I don't. I probably would have gone D three. So, I I always give them shout outs. Like whenever I win the awards, I'm like, this is all because of you. Like you helped me so much. And they're like, Wellesley was like, you don't need to thank me. I'm like, what do you mean? Like you literally gave me the only opportunity I had, and stuff like that. So that's always I always give them shout outs. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Morgan and Lucy. 
I really appreciate your time. It really means a lot to myself. And it's so cool hearing your story just about the adversity you face. And I'm glad you're proving all those people wrong. It's awesome to hear. And I wish you nothing but continued success uh, for the rest of your collegiate career and in your pro career, just because I know you have a bright future ahead of you um, in hockey. So thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to today's interview of College Hockey Talk. If you want to check out our older interviews, make sure to do that. You can do that on the Apple Podcast page, Spotify account, or our YouTube channel where you can watch many different interviews from this podcast. Uh, make sure you follow our social media accounts at College Hockey Talk, and I'll see you guys next time with another great interview. But until then, take care and have a great day. Bye.